The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon and good evening and good morning. It's especially appropriate to greet you all three ways uh, for this panel because uh, I am so excited to be able to uh, bring you a session about audio description across the globe. Um, I'm Dr. Joel Snyder. I founded with the American Council of Blind the Audio Description Project about 12, 13 years ago and have been working with description since its inception as a formal uh, service, 1981. Uh, just goes to show you how old I am. Um, I'm going to get started uh, with a, a brief introduction, actually a brief self-description of myself. Uh, I will then uh, introduce our panelists. They'll do a self-description as well, which I think is appropriate because one of our panelists, we, we don't have his camera going. So I figured, well, we'll all do a little self-description um, and how appropriate would that be? Uh, then I'll speak a bit about the topic at hand and go then to each of our three panelists for uh, re responses to questions I've prepared. Uh, so let's begin with, uh, well, with myself. I am a, a middle-aged white man with a receding hairline. Oh, oh, all right, all right, all right. It has receded. It has receded to the rear of my head, leaving a, a fringe of silver hair reaching around to a silver and white mustache and full beard, which hides a multitude of chins. Not sins, chins, I think uh, is better. Um, I'm wearing a black uh, short sleeve sports shirt emblazoned with the logo of my company, Audio Description Associates, LLC. The logo is an eye within an ear. And behind me, by the way, my virtual background is a rectangularly uh, situated, uh, uh, rather a, a rectangle that is situated horizontally uh, within which are two letters, an A and a D in bold black type. The left side of that A is tilted just a bit to the right and to the right of the curve in the D, three curved lines, period. Ah, why do I say that? Well, uh, as uh, some of you know, have heard me say this before, oftentimes, I don't know oftentimes, it's some describers will go on and say something like, oh, they represent sound waves, which is true. That's true enough, but there's nothing on screen that says that for sighted people. Why would you add that in for an audience of folks, principally, uh, who are blind or have low vision? Uh, no, I, I, it, it almost implies that you think a congenitally blind person would never have encountered curved lines as sound waves. Well, sure they would. They've encountered colors. They've encountered, absolutely. No, at best to add that in, it's unnecessary. At worst, it could even seem patronizing or condescending. So uh, that's a little bit about our audience. Uh, one part, a significant part of our audience for audio description, uh, and a little bit about audio description uh, itself. Um, let me uh, mention uh, the three panelists that we have with us today. Uh, I am. This is this is 
this should be a great panel because of these three individuals. Uh, Shaquilla Maharaj is with us. I have known Shaquilla for golly at least a dozen years or something. Uh, it, she is the the she is Miss Audio Description in South Africa. She lives in Durban, and uh, I was delighted uh, when she brought me to South Africa some years back now uh, for about a month. And we did training of describers in Durban, in um, in uh, Cape Town, and in Johannesburg. She is the general manager of her own company, Shazazin, and I will let her tell you all about it. It's fantastic. I, I've, I've been learning more and more about it uh, just since a, a couple of weeks ago. Shaquille and I were together in, in Nairobi, Kenya or the Inclusive Africa Conference, where we presented together about audio description and about the Shazazin app, which she'll tell you about, I'm sure. Jonathan, uh, so Shaquille is, is uh, tonight already. She's this evening in, in Durban, South Africa, as is Jonathan Marshall in London at the Royal National Institute of the Blind. I haven't had the chance to get to know Jonathan very well. He works with Sonali Rye, who's a, a dear friend uh, at the Royal National Institute of the Blind, coordinating services and information about audio description. And I did a little snooping around, Jonathan, uh, and I, I think you've been involved a good bit with gaming and access to folks, uh, at, yourself as a visually impaired person, but to access to folks all around the world who have visual impairments or are blind, uh, working with gaming. And, and that's, that's a new one. That's a relatively new, up-and-coming uh, thing with audio description. So I want to hear about, about that from you as well. Uh, welcome, Jonathan. And then uh, finally, Martine Abel Williamson is with us, and she's in Auckland, New Zealand. So it's it's already tomorrow morning there. And I was joking with her a minute ago, and I said, Martine, can you tell us what's going to happen tonight, uh, since she's already way ahead of us? Anyway, that's just silly. Martine uh, has been the, uh, uh, or maybe still is, I think, the Senior Human Rights Advisor for the New Zealand Human Rights Commission. She's on the boards of the Access Books Consortium, the Royal New Zealand Foundation of the Blind, the Blind Citizens of New Zealand. But uh, I know her more most recently as the president of the World Blind Union. Uh, and that's, um, well, exciting for me. I've had uh, great connections with the World Blind Union over the uh, past 20 years or so. Uh, and um, uh, just recently, the World Blind Union published uh, my book, uh, co-published my book with the American Council of the Blind, The Visual Made Verbal uh, in Spanish. So, and as some of you may know, uh, Martine is in, in New Zealand. Uh, the World Blind Union is, is uh, administrative offices is in Canada. So, Martine, please say hello to Mark Workman for me, the executive director of uh, World Blind Union. He's great, and I've enjoyed working with him. So, that's our panel. Let me kick things off with just a, a couple of comments about audio description. Uh, of course, in the United States, where I am in the Washington D.C. area, uh, but around the world, uh, indeed, it you know it all started uh, as a formal, ongoing service right here in Washington with um, a blind woman, Dr. Margaret Fanstiel, and a blind man, Chet Avery, uh, who together uh, were working on a committee at Arena Stage in Washington uh, and came up with the idea of using the assisted listening system that they have uh, for 
audio description? Couldn't somebody use that same microphone and uh, from backstage or, or, or somewhere else narrate in the pauses between bits and pieces of dialogue or critical sound elements, provide a description of action on stage, maybe costume, scenery, arena stage welcomed the idea. Margaret uh, came back to the Washington ear where I was already uh, a volunteer reader of newspapers. And we, about four or five of us, put together this whole thing. So it all began in the United States. And a few years after that, uh, Margaret and her husband, Cody Fanshteel, I know they traveled a, a great deal uh, to plant the seed of audio description. And I'm proud that over the last 42 years now, it's been my opportunity to visit dozens of countries, uh, over 40 states of our 50 states here in the United States, uh, to speak about audio description, uh, to do some training of audio description as I've as I've done in South Africa and in the UK, uh, and workshops uh, as I've done in New Zealand. Um, the World Blind Union, it would seem only natural that the World Blind Union should be involved in audio description because what we found, indeed I, I co-wrote, uh, uh, co-collaborated uh, with the World Blind Union several years back on a, a report on a survey of audio description around the world. And uh, I won't belabor with uh, you with it, all the results. I can share that with you if you send me an email, but uh, through ACB or at audiodescribe.com. Um, there are over 70 countries over 70 countries that are now involved with audio description to some degree or another, perhaps media, perhaps museums, perhaps with live theater, the way it began in the United States. So there's a lot going on, and uh, I thought it would be great to hear about it directly from some of the major players in the world uh, with respect to audio description. That's what this session is about. And um, I want to begin... I've got I've got three questions that I want to pose to all three of our our panelists. Uh, they'll, they'll each begin with a brief uh, self description, since that's the trend these days. And since Jonathan doesn't have his camera on, uh, and Martins is off now too, so that's all right. Uh, just I want to pose the question first uh, to Shaquilla to tell us about the extent to which audio description is practiced in your country, in your region, in South Africa, maybe even throughout Africa, in media, in performing arts and museums. But maybe Shaquille, begin with a brief self-description and then, and then let us know about what happening, what's happening in description in South Africa. Thank you very much, Joel, and hello to everyone. It's actually a good evening. It's it commenced <laughs> at 9.30, 9.30 p.m. So to start with a description of myself, I'm of Indian descent, so I've got a tanned complexion. I have short brown, dark brown hair, brown eyes. I think I'm petite still. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> That's rapidly changing. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and yeah, middle-aged as well. So and wearing right now blue jeans, which you can't see, uh, a check shirt, which I think has red, yellow, and green in it and a red cardigan because it's winter and it's actually quite chilly. But similar go. to Australia and New Zealand, it's in the sure. low, lower 20s, more like it. Okay, so should I go straight to the question? Please, then, please do, Shaquille. Okay. Share with us what's happening in South Africa. So 
until recently, not much. Uh, so in the past, uh, description was hardly known, hardly known to visually impaired persons, disabled persons organizations, as well as the industries. And I think uh, the first time some awareness began to creep in was when you came over in 2012 and we started then this whole national training initiative as well as creating high level awareness among the industries. In that high impact session uh, or sessions, uh, we, we quickly you know, created a turnaround. And soon after that, the, even the word uh, audio description became known. But nothing very much happened after that. There was a few small once-off projects with the broadcasters. And again, that's where we were involved. And we created audio description in a local language, Zulu, for a TV series. That's wonderful. And then there were, yeah, and then there were one or two other, these were uh, other broadcasters, licensed broadcasters, but not, not national ones, who attended our training. And then as a result, showed for a while audio described international audio described films but they all it all fell away because they didn't have the capability to uh, transmit independently which meant uh, to they didn't they were not able to transmit independently to a blind audience everyone would hear it so they stopped doing that as were other industries like the um, the arts and culture so museums theater there was no, there is, and there, and at that stage, there was no audio description mm. available. And now you find a few are beginning to have audio tours at heritage sites and that, but again, not audio described. Mm. But when we get to the next question, I will tell you then, uh, you know, what's come into place since our interventions in 2012 and more recently. But that has been our history. So we've really had to start from the beginning, creating both an industry and a market for description. Sure. Wow. And, and you know, I, I think I'm not exaggerating to say that, Shaquilla, you have uh, single-handedly, maybe one or two other folks, um, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Roland, William Roland, a former president yes. of the World Blind Union there in Pretoria. Uh, but but uh, among you all, you have been really responsible for getting the word out and about. And, uh, and yes, I'm sure you're going to address in the next question the development of the Shazazin app, uh, which yes. is, is such a wonderful development and uh, enables the transmission, as you mentioned, of audio description uh, via one's own smartphone. And there are about half a dozen of those apps around the country, around the country, around the world, excuse me. Uh, but uh, the, this is a first for the entire continent of Africa. W what about the rest of the continent, Shakila? Do you have any inkling? I know that I've done some workshops in uh, Morocco and in Egypt, uh, and we were just in Kenya. But has yes. that? Um, ha are you aware of any other uh, beginnings of description uh, in the rest of the continent? Well, again, in the past there was not, but now there's, uh, a, you know, a slight awareness. Uh, when we were doing our research and our market research when we started the company in 2020 at the height of COVID, that's when we did a market uh, research e exercise on the continent and found that there was no audio description being produced in any of the countries. There was a, a French organization out of Nigeria 
but again, there there was no audio description being mm. being produced. It was Netflix uh, that was producing description on African content, right. but using American providers. That's right. But in Africa itself, little or none. And of course, that that was verified recently when we attended the uh, in, the. Uh, what was it called? Uh, the Inclusive Africa. Inclusive exactly. Africa when we attended, <laughs> when yes. we attended the Inclusive Africa conference, we were actually overwhelmed by all the individuals we met across Africa, who were absolutely excited uh, yeah. to yeah. want, you know, to hear about this, to want to get involved, and yes. and there are still so many that have not heard about description at all, and of course there are many that have heard and want to have it. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I was going to mention, and you you did for me, uh, Netflix, uh, putting description out, uh, not just putting description out, but in dozens of languages now, uh, Amazon yes. Prime as well, others uh, beginning to do that with streaming video, and that's spreading uh, description yes. around the world, which is a good thing. And and I think it will come that we'll have that, those homegrown opportunities in other countries around Africa. Uh, it, it, particularly, it's so great to have Martine here because uh, as head of the World Blind Union, I bet she can uh, do a little something about pushing things along uh, in areas of the world where uh, description hasn't quite been embraced yet. Jonathan, tell us about the RNIB and, and its work with uh, building description throughout the UK. To what extent uh, is audio description practiced in the UK? I know the answer to that, and I'm a little embarrassed because you're way ahead of us in the US, but please, Jonathan, let's hear it from you. Yep. Okay. So I'll start with the self-description first. Oh uh, yes, please. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I guess I'm a young white male, and I've got blonde hair and blue eyes, and I'm wearing a t-shirt. Not actually sure what color it is myself, but I can tell you I'm wearing a t-shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a little bit about myself. That's so, great. Um, I'll move on to answer the question now. Sure. So I, I would say that audio description is in a healthy state in in the united kingdom and currently public service broadcasters have committed to providing 25 percent of their content with audio description and mm. some broadcasters have exceeded that which is good and i think it currently sits at about 26 percent for all public broadcasters but wow. some are much higher than that whereas i suppose it sort of balances out a bit but that is quite a positive statistic um, and on other channels, I think around 80 to 85% of channels currently carry some form of audio mm. description, which is a positive change because it's gradually been going up. And on those channels, we have broadcasted on TV, I think last year it was about 250,000 hours of audio described content, Wow, which is, is a very big number. So I think... I think that's something to point towards it being in a healthy state in the UK. Absolutely. And what about other areas like performing arts, like museums, uh, like heritage sites and such? Um, in terms of heritage sites, it's not something the RNIB, we do work with those kind of mm -hmm. places, but it's something that sort of vocalizes much more involved in. And I think a good place to find information about that would be to read the State of the Nation report. But I'd say it's kind of sort of, I can speak from my own personal experience of using it. 
going to sort of museums, they tend to provide sort of audio described tours or you can get sort of touch tours. So from my own personal experience, it's always worked very well for me, which is good. Yeah, in fact, I was on a panel just very recently that focused on museums, and there was an actually a question saying, you know, gee, I'm here in America, this is where audio description was born, but I was in the UK recently, and every museum I went to, every uh, Heritage Trust site, had some kind of audio description and and she said why 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 are they so far ahead and i had to respond that you know i think some of it has to do with uh, government funding uh certainly uh, which is has been uh, more of a priority shall we say in the uk the, if supporting uh social projects uh than perhaps we have in the uh in the united states as a as a percentage if you will uh and then it also has to do with the strength of the rnib i think uh, the royal national institute of blind people with royal patronage and uh, uh i think rnib has been uh, and its staff people like you and sonali have been so tremendous in supporting uh, the development of audio description uh, around throughout the uk um speaking of television uh jonathan uh, you know you talk about 25 26 percent here in the united states we're certainly quite blessed to have our streaming providers embrace audio description and uh, the feature film producers. Nowadays, just about every feature film uh, that comes out here has an audio description track. I think a lot of that is due to our Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, but as far as broadcast television, uh, we're a little embarrassed when we think about it. you guys are at 26%. Uh, legally, the mandate for description here in, this U- in the U.S. now is only about seven hours per week and only for nine broadcasters and in only about 80 to 100 uh, regions. And all of that represents probably less than one percent of all broadcasts so we have some catching up to do i think jonathan <laughs> so maybe we need we can we we should import you and sonali uh to the united <laughs> states can, can we do that and uh you can help us boost things up here <laughs> oh me anyway martine uh i'm eager to well to hear your self-description briefly and then uh Tell us about what's going on in New Zealand, uh, maybe Australia as as well. What's what's happening there in Auckland, down down under tomorrow uh, tomorrow morning? Yeah, good morning, everybody. It's good nearly morning. eight a.m. here, so um, on the twenty fifth of June. Um, I'm Martina Williamson. I've got, um, as you can hear from my accent, I originally came from Namibia <laughs> and. South Africa, <laughs> and uh, although I live in Auckland, New Zealand now, um, I've got long um, hair, uh, long hair with um, sort of um, reddish brown blonde, uh, a bit of a mixture. Um, because it's quite morning here, I'm just very informally dressed <laughs> in jeans and a singlet. Um, but if I was outside, it would have been more, more colder because although it's winter here, it's it's not a dreadful winter. It's more like maximum of 13 or 14 degrees Celsius. And uh, it's wonderful to join you all. Um, in New Zealand, we've, um, we've got quite a fair bit happening on national TV. So we've got 
a few good hours on two of our three national channels. Hmm. So there's a lot of, so there's quite a number of description. Our pay channel, which is Sky, and for some other people it would be called something else, is not, do not do all description, which is hard because many people, even still, blind people still pay to go on the pay channel and then they don't hmm. make it. I would say the benefit of that. Hmm. We have a quite a fair bit of audio description in museums, but it can always become more. You know, when I say a bit, you know, it's when we organise it. But even at times when there's international exhibits or or travelling tours, sometimes those are not audio described, even if they're audio described in the states or Canada. So, for one or other reason. Uh, we don't always get the when when people come and tour, we don't always get the full uh, a full package because I always think well if something's available, you can't just transplant it. Mm, yeah. But I think one of the most exciting things that's happening in New Zealand um, at the moment is we've been training uh, Maori and Pacific audio describers. Ah. Uh, to translate um, in their own language of the cultural performances, which is really great because we want um, people not just to see those performances, but of course, um, but to hear those performances. And um, so that is really a, a, big, a big thing. So, um, and it also means that when people visit us, you'll be you'll be able to. Um, to hear the actual um, audio description in English, but you, you could get all the cultural and, and other nuances in it. If people are attending it in other languages, then it's valuable too. We do not have, unfortunately, um, much happening in cinema. I think in Australia, there is more happening in cinema than here. In New Zealand, there's not much happening in cinema, but of course, I think nowadays when you talk about cinema, many people would just say, oh, you go to a Netflix or and there's a bit more there, you know. So um, so I'm not sure how long people would still want or advocate for cinema because people you know, you used to go out to the movies. Now you don't have to literally go out to the movies. That are correct, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so look, it's we always want more AD. Um even the, you know, our government is sponsoring on television, and we always say, thanks for the money, but we always need more. And I think sure. it's like many services, you, you say thanks, but it's, it's still not more. We, we don't have any live um, AD, like when there's a, um, a sports transmission or with uh. news and so on. We, I know that, that when um, there is a captioning and often um, – New Zealand sign language part of news, but not um, there is not live audio description yet. So we still feel as if um, finally deaf people, which is, is, is great, it's, it's got more um, options, but unless something has been pre recorded, we don't have many live things that are actually um, streamed. But you know, that is a work in progress. So, yeah. Sure, sure. But now I, I, I'm trying to remember from the, the, the one time I visited New Zealand and did some workshops, um, 
in fact, I think there was a group there, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, uh, Aratera Arts in New Zealand. Help me out with the pronunciation, Martin. Aratera. <laughs> Thank you. They uh, were the recipient of one of our achievement awards from the American Health of the Blind Audio Description Project. Uh, and I do believe they've there has been some live performance, as in theater type things or dance or uh, what have you, uh, that has happened uh, in New Zealand, certainly. Is that correct? Or am I imagining oh, yes. that? <laughs> um, there's, there's a number of, um, there's a number of, Either disability, either disabled performance, performers. Oh, great! It's it it been described, which is really great because you, you people get to hear about uh, people dancing and wheelchairs and all that sort of stuff. But sure. yeah, look, our arts Aotearoa is really very big into oh, um, great. having arts more described. So that is that is, and of course, it's not just in Auckland or Wellington. We try to reach some smaller um, cities now as well. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, to what extent um, do you import description from Australia for, uh, well, companies that may tour or or media, that kind of thing? Is there a, a, a good relationship that way, or is that something uh, that doesn't uh, figure into it very much? I don't think there's a lot of importing happening. Uh-huh, um, okay. Unless there's an online link now, if people say watch this right. online, then there's permission, there's e-permission. And, um, uh, but if traveling, um, the traveling shows, it is still very hard, um, right. to get the, the same, uh, permission or even when there's a show coming to New Zealand and we know for a fact it's being auto described internationally and we still have to. Um, oh my. Do yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, it, it, I mean, I just was still amazed when the last time I went to the US and I went to the Lion King, the Trump Lion King, uh-huh. and they just said to me, do you want audio description? And that just gave me this um, audio recorded that just gave me the heat. It, it, was, recorded. it was, yeah, recorded. was recorded. It was recorded. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, wow, because I didn't know that. I thought, you know, you have to usually book in and say, I want to come to this um, sure. production. And and now with some things that are pre-recorded and that are um, activated by lighting and all sorts of yes. things, I, I hope we can import more of that in the future. Sure. I mean, my dream is that um, we get away from the model of one or two performances in a six-week run being accessible. No, every performance of a theater yeah, piece right. should be accessible. And and some companies are doing that with recordings. Some are having troubles with that because the technical side of things can, can uh, be a little dicey. Uh, and oftentimes those recordings don't even occur until three weeks into a run uh, because they're developing the description. So a blind person can never go to an opening night. Uh, but I think ultimately uh, we're going to see more and more description being developed throughout a rehearsal period and be ready to go opening night and and voiced by perhaps a, a someone who's basically a cast member um one one bright spot i will talk about though uh in australia and new zealand is uh, uh due to a, a woman named polly goodwin who heard about what we were doing here in the states with our Beatty uh program Beatty b-i-d-i-e benefits of audio description in education where we uh receive uh essays reviews 
of audio described videos from kids uh, age six to 21. And we give awards. We've been doing this at least 10 years now. We give awards to them and to their teachers. Well, Polly Goodwin, uh, heard about this and said we got to get that going in in the region there in that australasian region so if you haven't heard about it martini they're getting it off the ground uh and maybe that's something uh i'm sure you'll want to find out more about and and excuse me and and support uh because it 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 helps us build audiences for the future if you will uh getting those kids uh at young ages interested in audio descriptions um, well, let me come back to Shaquilla. I want to hear about this. Uh, I know you've got something queued up to tell us about the uh, significant developments in audio description in your country or region. I'm eager to, to have you share with everybody a little bit about the Shazazin app. Please tell us. Okay, so thank you very much for that, Joel. Maybe I'll take a step back and some of the significant developments that oh, have good. happened have been the regulatory frameworks. Good. So the ICASA code, which is the Independent Communications Authority's uh, code on disability, uh, got uh, passed by cabinet in 2021, very recently. And in that, uh, there is a prescribed minimum percentage that uh, licensed broadcasters need to comply with. So that, that was a huge uh, a, a huge development, and I, I'll call it development at this stage. Uh, another is the Communications Act itself by the Department of uh, Communications. And there too, they reinforce the minimum percentage, but also speak more strongly to the you know implementation of accessibility and audio description. And they've translated or domesticated the UN Convention uh, in, in respect of accessibility there. The unfortunate thing is that because we do not have a disability act like the ADA right. uh, and like what Britain has, despite having these regulatory frameworks, they're not enforceable. So uh, they haven't yet been implemented, even though they've been passed. And uh, the and our disability sector and our blindness sector are quite apathetic. I think hmm. we they haven't we haven't taken them on strongly enough. Uh, so that's been a challenge and that's where we need to work more on because that's where the opportunity lies to ensure that our broadcasters comply. So to date, there isn't anything there. But given all of that, in my you know personal capacity, then I got drawn back into description after my, you know, stepping back from my consultancy. And I was very fortunate that we received funding to develop the app because the app uh, was the solution we saw that have while broadcast broadcasters didn't have the technical capability to deliver and cinemas didn't the app would so the app be, uh, filled the gap and so our app is called Shazerson actually Joel we're in the process of relabeling it so oh. the company is called Shazerson Accessible Media and our app developer has just started the process of it's called describe at 80 so 80 for uh -huh. assistive technology okay uh, <laughs> so yeah so the company the company name yeah so that has done a lot it has done a lot to make the ad popular now in in the three years and with our small team we've we've uh, actually done over 50 projects and those range from short films to 
feature length films. And now we've moved into the area of tourism. So we've got an increasing number of audio description tracks on the app that uh, you know relate to museums, heritage sites, Wonderful. natural parks, Wonderful. museums. And so what's happening is the tourism side is, is has taken off really strongly. Uh, so what we're finding up People are not only experiencing a virtual tour of the destination from wherever they are in the world, and it's igniting the interest to want to visit that location in South Africa. Uh, it's, it's doing that, but it's also becoming a virtual guide when they are on site and visiting places in South Africa. So there's a whole other angle emerging. Then, then we found the way the app is evolving is based on need, really. So people have come forward to us with illustrated books. Poets, uh, uh, authors, and now educational like STEM literature. So we we are developing our our skills in describing still images, and now we've got a growing number of illustrated books on the app. And the most recent development has been the the marketplace platform, where mm -hmm. we now are describing the, the so it, it works like this: you describe the logo of the company, and there's a and when you open the app, there's a logo and a commercial that that describes that's described. You click through, and it takes you to the website. So that's still at its pilot stage, but it should technically take us to a shopping platform. And the intention then is for those items to be described. So it's wonderful. evolving into like a lifestyle app with all these oh, multiple wonderful. possibilities. So can we you, hope. Can, that, yeah. Well, I was just going to ask. Take a moment to describe, if you will, how the app works, uh, just in okay. case there are people listening who are not familiar with the, the, the how an app transmits audio description. Okay, so in, in, so in this case, if we're looking at film, movies, then it does a couple things. One, you can, um, you can take, there'll be a, a narrative, the narration track, which is simply the description track, right. which the voice has created, and it's all been... Um, uh, technically, uh, what's the word? Not it's mixed being synced, but it's synced. Or, or, I'm yeah. sorry. So, download, right. so you that, download that track to the, to the app. Yeah, so that so the app has three options on it when it comes to movies. One, you synchronize that track with an external screen. So in other words, if you go to the cinema or if you're watching television or the internet and you have the audio description track to match that video content, like then you activate the app the app listens to what's playing in the cinema and then you put on your earphones and it synchronizes the description so in other yeah. words you've got a personal describer with you at home when you're watching tv <laughs> or when you so that's been the ingenious part of it and that's been working uh you could say 95 percent accurately it's been wonderful. brilliant wonderful so that that's that function but then with the other functions it's a soundtrack then that you would listen to and allow yourself to be guided by so when you are walking through a museum That's or right. you sit in your armchair and experience, experience a virtual tour by listening, like yeah. what you would create your virtual tours. That's amazing, uh, uh, Shaquilla, that you've developed that as as have uh, a, a number of them are around the, you know, uh, the world yes. now. Uh, but to bring this to South Africa, it's a real boost to getting description further uh, recognized, certainly. But uh, do, is there also the potential? I always think about collaborating with other populations. Yes. And is there potential for that app to be used, say, um, uh, say the movie? is in English 
and someone who only knows Zulu, could they download the dub of that movie in Zulu and go with their friends to the movie theater, hear the movie yes. in Zulu through the app, and everybody else is hearing it in English? Is that uh, does that make yes, sense? Yes, that is possible. We. But we've we've still to develop the content, but the technical sure. capability is there. So currently, it has a number of Isi Zulu movies, uh, Zulu movies, yeah. and uh, it, and and the same synchronization function would work Wonderful. if the film is showing in Zulu. But say as you say, if the film is showing in English in the cinema, and the app happens to have the the foreign the, an, the an dog, alternative yeah. language, right. yes, you can listen. But then again, the film would need to be. The film, the app now syncs audio description. We haven't yet put dubbing, uh, we haven't dubbed right. movies, but it has that. No, but the, the potential. The capabilities there. That's right. For the any audio track. To be and I would think also, yeah, uh, uh, and I would think also um, uh, there's there's capability. You're using a smartphone that has a screen. There's capability yes. for captions. Um, yes. For, uh, benefiting an audience of folks who are deaf or uh, have hearing loss uh, or or even sign language. Um, there's capability to download that and have that be synced to what's happening yes. on screen. Or uh, it would work in your own home. Isn't that right? If you're playing right. uh, a streaming yeah. video. That's yes. wonderful. That's wonderful. So I, that, that uh, hopefully would be the next level. But for now, it's been AD. But yes. certainly things are moving at such a pace around the world that all of that uh, would soon become, I guess, just yeah. part of daily living. Yeah, definitely. Well, what, what, what I think is important is that you have had the capability of producing the description itself and then uh, for films that have asked you to yes. do so. So there's no yes. problem with the rights to access the film in the United That's States. Right. The same app is called Spectrum Access, and yes. they've been stalled a bit about maybe 300, 400, 500 films um, when there are many thousands of films out there. And I yes. think a lot of it has had to do with copyright issues and getting the rights to broadcast yes. the original soundtrack, uh, getting that licensed. I'm hoping that we can break that logjam and make more material accessible yes. to folks through their own smartphone. So and I think it would be so it would be so good if we could facilitate a process by the World Blind Union and oh, yes. global global leaders like yourself within description that we should be able to have cross border you know sharing yeah. of content. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of just, reinventing the wheel. Uh, yeah. Amerikesh Treaty. Amerikesh Treaty yes. for audio description, essentially. Um, Absolutely. Jonathan, what what about it in the UK? I mean, there've been so many developments in in the AD uh, in the UK over the years. Is there anything that comes to mind that's that's kind of bubbling up right now that's happening in the UK? Yeah, so I, I think probably the most significant development links in quite nicely with some research the RNIB has been conducting. Hmm. So I suppose over the last maybe year and a half, we've been doing some projects with broadcasters on. I suppose live broadcasts such as sports or music content. Uh -huh. I'm thinking about how the live broadcast can be made accessible. So we've kind of run several focus groups and interviews with end users and sort of tested out whether a sort of enhanced commentary where I suppose the sure. commentary team just provides a more descriptive commentary is a better option than providing audio description. Mm -hmm. I mean, the feedback from that has been quite interesting to sort of go through, but it links in quite nicely with, I suppose, 
a sort of exciting piece of news, which was that in the UK we had the first live audio described broadcast, which was on the King's coronation. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. We so, had access to it here. Yes. Yeah. So we, we didn't have it for the, the Queen's funeral, and there was quite a lot of feedback yeah. from that. Yeah. But it, it was achieved for, for the King's coronation, and that was broadcast on ITV. Yeah. And then the BBC also did their own coverage and they sort of had an enhanced commentary, yeah, which yeah. could be accessed on the red button. And we sort of gathered feedback from that. And I'd say the feedback for the, for the enhanced commentary on the BBC was very positive and people mm. enjoyed sort of having descriptions of the colours and the, the service sure. and uh, the procession. What, because what people are wearing. Like the carriage, yeah, and what oh, people yes. are wearing. And the carriage, was, of course. <laughs> yeah. It was just like when people came into the venue or the church, there'd be a, a description of who they were and what they were wearing, which you, you wouldn't necessarily always get in the mainstream yeah. commentary. No, of course not. Of course and, not. That's right. Yeah, yeah, having done having done description live description of three uh, presidential inaugurals here on broadcast television, uh, you're right. You're you're squeezing in description uh, uh, amid some of the the chatter from the commentators, and they're they're not trained to or even focused on conveying the visual image the way a radio commentator might. Um, I will say that the UK has done so much more for description of sports events at the sport event sporting event itself than we have in the united states i think in the u.s it's it's i think it's some have expressed the feeling that well i i undo great with it's good radio commentary uh, i'm i'm fine you know they had they're listening to their their radio while they're in the stands and they're getting the commentator uh from uh well as you say enhanced commentary uh maybe it's a matter of working with those uh sports commentators to do even more uh, be even more descriptive and, and learn a bit about audio description would you say yes i think i think working with them whether that be for in the stadium commentators to to improve or whether it's broadcasters because that's right i, I think particularly if you're watching at home and you may be with family it's more of a shared experience that's right so whether audio describing that content is the best option i suppose right. is debatable it is a it is a solution but it has drawbacks as you were saying and from sort of feedback with her people don't always like the sort of overlap with the main commentary yeah. team whereas if, if you have a sort of enhanced commentary which well we have for the fa disability cup which i think started okay. today actually and that's broadcast on bt they kind of have an enhanced commentary which is meant to make it accessible and that format works quite well because it's you don't really have commentators interjecting it's just a sort of seamless commentary providing extra details that's great that's great Martine, uh, tell us, um, have there been particular developments over the past several years, say, uh, in New Zealand or in the region uh, with regard to audio description in theatre, in, uh, in dance, in uh, maybe opera even, or, or, or film and video? Yeah, especially opera. Um, we had uh, a number of performances now being described for opera. And... Um, and even ballet. And what we had before, with mm -hmm. the first time we had um, an audio described ballet performance, we did a, um, a master class thingy beforehand. So, uh, so instead of just doing the touch tour with you know, looking at the, um, what are people wearing and yes. uh, and stuff, we had a bit of a, um, a description to tell us if you say certain terms, this is what they do. Because by the time you describe that 
uh, term, it will be all done with. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't yes. just say they do PA or they do this, but exactly. So the great thing with, um, with ballet was to uh, actually educate people a bit beforehand to say this is yes. uh, when, when we say this is going to happen because we can't explain everything. And I think that is what what was a great learning curve. So, um, yeah, so we've got opera, uh, we've got uh, and dance, the, yeah, um, and, and a lot more dancing and a lot more um, of, of, of that, you know, kind of experiences and ballet. And uh, people who never even would have been interested in, hmm. in things like opera and ballet because it was just always, well, you just think opera is only about hearing. And uh, well, not really, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and suddenly people are actually now going to these um, performances because um, they know what some of the terms mean and yeah. and think so we, 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 that is really great. Um, uh, um, I mean, it can always be more, but at the moment we sure. need to encourage more description of that. And what about what about um, the development of description for indigenous uh, peoples at, at performances, cultural activities uh, in the Maori community and otherwise? Um, has there been some movement there? Yeah, because we're now training um, Maori and Pacific audio describers. Great. It actually have actual people describing their own cultural. Yeah. Event. So instead of just say someone is going to to um, to describe it on behalf of someone else, because let's face it, people want um, want to hear the accents. People want to um, yeah again the, the cultural terms. If you've got specific food, if you've got specific dance moves, and it's got a an indigenous name, people don't just want to hear how it's described, but they want the the name. So it's. It's really great. It's That's really great. exciting how we do that now. Yeah, I think it's important. There are cultural sensitivities from one country, from one population to the next, and having people who are native speakers in that particular language or culture, um, it, it adds uh, a richness to the description. Um, we found that here in the States when uh, I produced description for Sesame Street for six years, and we did the Spanish version. Uh, at first thought, well, let's do it in English and then translate it. And then we realized, no, 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 let's get native speakers, uh, native Spanish speakers, uh, to train them in description, to develop the scripts and have them voice it. And that worked far better. It made, it made more sense. Um, I wanted to ask you, Martine, as well about laws, uh, because we do have in the States and we do have in South Africa, as we just learned, and in the UK, uh, some mandated legislation that mandates description for broadcast. Uh, for broadcast. Is there anything like that in New Zealand or is that on the horizon? Um, not yet. We not yet. Like it to be, because at the moment, you know, you're at the whim of, um, of yeah. the government funding and guidelines and we all know guidelines are great yeah. but they're not enforced right um, so so yes no we we want to have more legislation to legislate rather than just depend on the goodwill of the government 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are a number of countries now that are uh, more than you might think, uh, at least a dozen or two dozen uh, countries that are uh, have some sort of legislation. And uh, I think that's going to grow. So, um, and maybe we can all learn from each other and get that going in New Zealand as well. Um, my third question, um, what do you believe are any distinctions between how AB is practiced in your country region and then in the United States? Since we, we, we gave birth to the technique, I know that, for instance, in the UK, um, there, the technique is a little different. Um, there may be um, less objectivity. There may be a more vocal expression in the audio description. Is that something that you've noticed in South Africa, Shaquilla? Or, or are you following a model that's pretty much based on what was developed in the United States or, or the UK? Or, or how does that play at all in South Africa? So we're going through quite an accelerated development process when it comes to uh, creating audio description. And so we started with the American approach. Sure. And, uh, and also we became very uh, quickly aware of, of the different types of consumers of AD and, uh, and also given the history of how they acquired their condition, their visual impairment impacted on their appreciation of what AD should contain, audio description. So if you've been blind all your life, then the, the focus was more on following the action hmm. and less on the, the aesthetic part of the visuals. So we found that that was coming through because I, I run an AD movie club as well. And <laughs> uh, they end up becoming a, a, a focus group for me because they give us constant feedback. And our focus, uh, and of course, we've been working on local content. We create AD for local movies and put that on the app. So, so that was one. The other is people who become impaired later and have a strong visual memory. Then sure. they use that as a frame of reference to visualize, and uh, and and that's what creates that vivid imaginative imaginative experience. And that's not to say that people who haven't seen don't also have a vivid imaginative experience. So what we found the need there was to have much more color. And mm. so where we are now is we we are somewhere between the UK and the USA. <laughs> Uh, and in the, my most recent training of the describers, because there's ongoing training with the writers, and based on the feedback, is I've what I what I'm proposing now is that with the cold hard description doesn't give well. Uh, again, I'm speaking on behalf of of those that I get feedback from and my own experience sure. as a totally blind user of AD is that. Just getting the cold hard description doesn't leave you uh, with with a rich imaginative experience. Mm. So if you take The Crown as an example on Netflix, ah. uh, if if you follow that, it's it's one of the most enriching experiences of uh, of AD for a blind person because when you give a description a physical description of an expression and you leave it as that, it can be multiple interpretations. Sure. But if you subtly give one interpretation to that goes with that description, so an ad, what do you what would you technically call that? You just you give an adjective to go with the uh -huh. verb. 
Yes. You then direct subtly. So I'm beginning to feel now that quality description that really leaves you with a rich experience uh, and you want to get emotionally charged as well, just as sighted audiences do, requires then uh, a skilled inclusion of a level of interpretation, yeah. but a subtle level. And I would say The Crown has been a perfect example. And then more recently, I see Liz Gutman's team yes. has adopted that approach as well. And I saw that very evident in the Bridgerton. So I'm using Netflix because I feel if you don't, uh, and that's because the other uh, the other providers, streaming channels, are not as big in South Africa as mm -hmm. Netflix is. And consequently, that tends to be my, my yeah. yardstick in many ways. But when I look at the better quality on Netflix, and when I begin to look at people like those that are describing that sure. type of content, I see there is a shift there yeah. towards subtle interpretation that goes with the description and not just following the action. No, I think you're right. I think it, it, there's a balance. There's a, a happy yeah. middle ground uh, that can be struck that that uh, enables you to appeal to because you, you don't know who's listening, especially with mass media. Are, are, are only people who are totally blind, congenitally blind listening? Yes. No, there are going to be people who most people using description lost their vision later in life. Most vision loss is age related. So yes. finding that balance because you're you're dealing with a broad range of folks out there and i think that's what you're getting at uh really yes. there is that balance between uh that strict objectivity uh taken to an nth degree which would be dry uh and and difficult to comprehend uh there's a balance between that and and ha seeing description and its writing as an art form in and of yes. itself um not that the attention goes to the description we're in support of the film being described certainly and the people listening um by the way i i want to uh, remind you of course and you know this other populations beyond uh, the folks who are blind or have low vision benefit from description yes. uh, people with uh, on the autism spectrum people with adhd yes. uh, people are learning a new language you know That's and then right. of course sighted folks who see but don't really notice they don't observe so Absolutely. Uh, i oftentimes say i've said this before uh it's it's great for uh, a sighted person in the kitchen making a sandwich while the television's on in the living room right you don't yes. miss a beat because you can Absolutely, hear what yeah. what you can't see uh, not because you're blind but you're in the wrong room what what about it jonathan in the uk do you think um, description in the uk uh, uh involves a bit more subjectivity a bit more um um kind of uh, uh for want of a better word paternalistic kind of uh, guiding people to a particular conclusion does, does that ring a bell or does that do you have a thought about that um I, I suppose I'd probably say it does a little bit. I mean, mm -hmm. comparing it to what's produced in the United States is mm -hmm. slightly difficult for me because I don't think I've actually ever heard any audio description <laughs> produced right. from the US. Right. So I was like, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I mean, in, in terms of what it is, it does kind of guide you to a certain extent, but I, I think it partly depends where on which channel you're listening to it on, but sometimes uh. it can be more... I suppose immersive in some ways, whereas sometimes it's a bit more cold. So sometimes so it, kind it of fits, it, fits in better with the tone of the program. If, sure. It, yeah. it varies. So you're saying it varies from broadcaster to broadcaster conceivably? 
Yeah, there can be some slight differences, or it might be uh-huh. between program to program, but there can be some slight differences in terms of delivery. Yeah, right. I mean, I would imagine, as in the United States, the various broadcasters there are. Uh, uh, any number of vendors of audio description services, companies that produce description, and uh, it, it isn't all monopolized by one company. There are a number of companies you can choose from. Is that correct? Yes, there, there are a, f- a few producers here sure. in the United Kingdom. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd, and certainly in the United States, there are probably uh, a, a dozen. Oh well, maybe a little bit less major uh, producers of description for film and television, uh, in particular, and. Uh, so yeah, that, that's probably a similarity. What about in New Zealand, uh, Martin? Are you aware of distinctions in how the description is produced, or the the where the emphasis is in New Zealand in what's being uh, um, what's being described? Are there distinctions between uh, the way description happens in New Zealand and and where it might happen somewhere else in the world? You know, I've been thinking about it because. <clears throat> The first time we became aware of what description we used by videos from either RNIB or from the States. Sure. And then we realized that there's a difference in um, UK and American description. And so I'm trying to think of some of our TV programs <laughs> here on especially local programs. And I think a lot of um, um it's hard to say because you don't want someone to interpret something for you, sure. but you also don't want, if anybody else knows it, you want to know it as well. So, right, right. So it's right. very hard. So I was just while we're talking, thinking, um, you know, so they would say, for instance, uh, there's dog trials on or these um, farmers growing something or people walking through a field. But then again, that, that is probably easier. The moment you get to a movie, and someone realizes something like, you know, the sixth sense when the ah. guy realizes he's um uh he's he's, he's dead. <laughs> he's seeing <laughs> dead people. Now, no one t- tells you that, and which is great. So it's, at some stage you must realize something yourself. Sure. And on, and so I think there is I mean I, I personally think that it's very well described because no one they said, oh, a montage, he's seeing a montage of um, when he was always on his own, uh, uh, realizing that. Um, and then you've got to put things together, whereas some, I've seen some other uh, programs where someone said, oh, um, they realize their mother is dead, or they realize something. And I'm like, how? Oh, they realize, they realize oh, yeah, ouch. Thinking, Ouch, you know, it's like, um, how do you do Can that? you see so, them realizing? Yeah, and, and I think that is sometimes if you see, if, if someone tries to describe, say, someone's face or so, um, yeah. a, a, probably a good example is Eight Below, where you sometimes just see the dogs, and um, at some stage you see um, a collar, that, that, that it was a, a collar because one of the dogs died while still being huh. tied up. No, no, no one's saying that to you, but it says um, you only see a collar and the rest of the dogs are running off. So I think it's a lot left to your own intelligence than just people saying, um, oh, one of the dogs died and the others are running off because there's actually no talking. And I think this, right. I think this, so I love the objectivity. Um, I love the fact that, that audio description should still leave you to think um, 
to realize things yourselves because sure. let's face in, a, in an ordinary situation, everybody's got to do that for themselves sure. anyway. Oh, that's I part like of the it. fun of, of, of experiencing right. the arts. And then there's a movie like The, the Passion of the Christ. We uh, had a language thing as well as yes. And that was great because the voices were very distinct. Yeah. There was a very distinct voice that would translate the Hebrew. The, well, there was Aramaic, actually. And, oh, and Aramaic. Yes, needed, yeah, well, you needed someone to voice yeah. the subtitles. Yeah. So there was a voice that did the language, and then there was a totally different voice yeah. that told you about the actions and stuff. And I thought that was really well done because if it was, if the voices can be too similar, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. could sometimes, but now you know exactly what, what is being told to you, what's on the screen, and what must you interpret yourself. Exactly. So I think exactly. there's some. Some great challenges happening. Yes. Yeah, there's that balance I mentioned earlier that I perhaps is the key. Uh, I like to think of audio describers uh, focusing more on showing as opposed to telling. In other words, uh, he, he rubs his hand through a, a ground cover of, of brown curled leaves. Brown curled leaves. We show you it's autumn. We don't tell you it's autumn. And I yeah. think that's an important distinction uh, that I think can be helpful. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, before we uh, see if there are some questions out there um, uh, is part of my training. I oftentimes will um, show three different versions from around the world <laughs> of audio description uh, for a particular scene in a movie. We use uh, oftentimes pretty woman. And there's one scene that was described by the by RNIB, actually, way back when, when RNIB did some description. And then there's a version done by WGBH. And then there's a version done by my own company from years ago. Uh, and it, it's it's fun to compare uh, and make the, the, you know, how does that work? Or, or are they cultural differences? or distinctions or is it the language or is it the subjectivity objectivity uh it's always fun to look at that well with that uh travis i'd like to i'm not sure that i see any questions in the q a but maybe you've got access to them uh or are there any hands raised out there uh among our listeners uh with questions for our panelists uh this is vanessa lowry from rainy lutherville maryland oh great What's the name of the app that you mentioned in the United States, Spectrum something? Spectrum Access. It's part of Charter okay. Communications. And uh, you can go <laughs> online and find it uh, uh, through uh, your the, any app store and download it. And as I okay. say, they have the license or the rights to broadcast the original soundtrack, uh, to, to I, I should say, mesh the audio description for a film with the original soundtrack of a movie and um, Spectrum Access. And actually, it's a blind gentleman that uh, uh, heads that up for Charter Communications, Peter Kujiave, uh, uh very knowledgeable and uh, eager to, to build uh, his uh, library of films. Okay, very good. Uh, the second thing is that Sometimes when I listen to audio description on, say, a DVD that I borrowed from a library sure. or even uh, a movie that I can download onto my phone that has audio description, sometimes the audio describer track voice is at a lower volume level uh -huh. than, the, than the track of the movie. And you're like, I know they're speaking. I know they're describing. Mm. I can't hear what they're saying. Oh. So, 
So when, and, and, and obviously the, the, the description is being done when there's a silent period during sure. the movie, uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, the volume is still lower. And, and I'm like, err! Uh, so, <laughs> so is there any way that that can be addressed? I know you can't absolutely review every movie that's been audio described at this point. That that would be well. Maybe somebody who's bored might want to do that. <laughs> uh, but but at least for upcoming instances, can it be quality control checked that the audio is at the same level or maybe even slightly louder than? Oh yeah. You know the the average. You know because you know I, here I am expecting to hear audio description and I can't hear the audio described. Yeah. Yeah. How frustrating. You know, I think that goes to uh, the different companies and how they produce and, and, and how they do quality control. By the way, you know, audio description was created by a blind woman. Uh, it is oftentimes voiced by blind voice actors. It is oftentimes audio edited by blind audio editors. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine that they would allow something to go out or, or, or blind people who are doing QC can't imagine they would let something go out where the levels have not been mixed correctly. Shaquilla, have you noticed that in producing description for local films there in South Africa? Uh, who, who tracks that? Or, or are you able to kind of keep, yes. keep, an, keep an eye on that, if you will, uh, to make sure the 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 levels are appropriate. Yes, so that's a, that's actually a very important question that she raised. And again, as I said, we, we're going through a really accelerated growth process here in our learnings. We have 50% of our team who are blind and they are trained to work along the entire process of the audio description pr production. And even our deafblind sound engineer works with Prashant on the mobile app and preparing the Marvelous. content for the app. So when we listen to the uh, track and when we, when we work with the sound editor, the editing, we sit in them and we, we, we're fortunate to have the privilege of a private cinema. So we're able wow. to listen to the, the track, the integrated track in the cinema. And when I say integrated, I mean the AD track integrated into the video soundtrack. That's when we, we then pick up the levels. We ensure then that the um, narration track is equal to the dialogue. But then you've got to adjust that depending on what other sounds happen in the course of the film. Sure. I'm not aware, and I wanted to ask this, but I believe in England there is a software that does that integration uh, automatically. I am inquiring oh, yeah. more about it. It's a paid one. But we are right now working with software, but we integrated across the entire process but ensure then that uh, and the blind persons actually sign off we sign off on sure. every on every uh, mixed and mastered track actually shaquille you mentioned something that might be an issue that the the our, our friend in uh, lutherville is is noticing but there is software uh, that's sometimes used to speed up the process and it will automatically duck uh, the original soundtrack volume bring up the description and vice versa um I, I, my own company, and I know major description companies uh, don't use that software because they pay okay. attention to manually uh, a trained audio editor listening yeah. closely and doing that ducking uh, manually, essentially. Um, yeah. is it, are, would you agree with that, Jonathan? Um, uh, Shaquille mentioned the UK and software used there. I think I have come across 
some companies who use software to do it but i think they are also meant to be quality checking it afterwards yeah. but i think occasionally things do slip through the net where it's kind of in the software i think they kind of set it to a certain level that they think would be appropriate but i think i have come across a few programs where i suppose the audio mix isn't quite right right, but right. that be that being said i suppose if we compare it to how it was sort of 20 years ago there was a lot more content that came oh, out yeah. then where the oh, audio yeah. mix it really didn't really work particularly well but now you, you only come across it occasionally so i i think clearly what they're doing is working much better than it used to yeah. now well we could go on and on regarding the technical production of description and the panel i did a few hours ago on audio description research that came up uh the value of text to speech automated speech and even automated description you say to chat gbt describe this image for me and it comes back with a description uh I, it's gonna be a while before i was able to do that with uh, moving pictures with motion pictures i would think mm -hmm. well th this has been tremendous uh for me and i think for our listeners to to get the perspective from south africa from the uk from new zealand uh i want to just pause now and thank you all uh jonathan and shaquilla and martine um i think we've gotten some ideas going here and informed a lot of people and and martine i i look forward to uh seeing the world blind you and you get behind audio description and helping to to spread the gospel of description all around the world i know that's part of your priorities there uh you and and mark at the world blind union so thank you martine for joining us here